listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. The weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service. Educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 289, entitled Interview with Eric Regalado from uh, Lawn Boys in Woodlands, Texas. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for the questions, the comments, and the feedback uh, that you guys have been uh, sending through. And on on that note, uh, just a uh, friendly reminder that if you enjoy these interview episodes that I've been uh, bringing to you uh, all this uh, winter off season, uh, to make sure you head on to uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts now, <laughs> it's called, and uh, uh, leave a review there. It's the single most important thing uh, you can do uh, to show your support uh, for the podcast. So uh, without uh, further ado, I'd like to uh, welcome uh, Eric Relegato to the show. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Awesome. Thank you very much for uh, coming on to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. No, thank you for, uh, you know, getting people's uh, message out and, you know, interviewing the community. Awesome. So maybe uh, we'll dive right into uh, the questions so we can start off. uh, Maybe tell us a bit about yourself and your business. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, 24. Uh, going on 25 uh, this summer, and I've been doing lawn care uh, in my grandma's neighborhood probably since I was about 12 or 11. Nice. And uh, yeah, so you know, at first it just it, it started literally on my street, uh, my grandma's street. Mm-hmm. The neighbor across the street uh, had a old lawnmower, and uh, he first he asked me if I could mow his grass. Cause he didn't have time. And I said, Oh, well, you know, I don't even have a lawnmower, you know, I don't, I never really used one. Yeah. And he was like, well, I got this old one, you know, and, and if you cut it a couple times, I'll let you have it. And then it kind of snowballed from there. You know, I picked up another neighbor, another neighbor, and you know, it just kind of stayed that, that way all through school. Okay. And, uh, yeah, r- right now I'm, you know, pretty much doing it full time. Okay. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, never thought I would be doing this, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. It kind of sounds like it. Uh, yeah, so that's a very cool uh, story because, um, you know, I've seen around me as well, um, you know, young entrepreneurs. We know that lawn care is a business that you can uh, basically make however you want. Um, and, you know, it's accessibility to be able to start a business, whether you're a kid after school, uh, mowing a couple lawns here and there. Um, and I've, you know, even uh, given that as an example in the past about how, you know, you don't even need equipment, really, like you could go and use other people's equipment at their, you know, homeowners equipment that when you show up to their house, you're using their stuff to uh, mow their lawns and stuff. I've seen kids in the neighborhood uh, doing that. So it's neat to uh, hear somebody who uh, started out like that and has uh, stuck with it uh, for all these years. So, you know, normally, I would ask, um, you know, if lawn care is your main income or your side hustle, it sounds like um, it's your main income now. It's your only job that you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I transitioned. Uh, pretty much, I just kept a couple of yards in the neighborhood all the way through high school. And then I started a job and then, uh, you know, kind of left it as, you know, just like a side hustle. Yeah. But then, you know, didn't end up working at the other job and then. I went to an office cleaning job and, you know, that didn't work out as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one day I was just, I was left with, you know, kind of like the side hustle I had. And, uh, my next door neighbor made me some cards and said, hey, you know, go pass them around and see if you can get some more clients. And, you know, that, that was about three years ago and it's just kind of snowballed from there and never really looked back. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still in college, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to finish school pretty soon and then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's my main source of income, yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, normally, um, 
I would ask people next, um, you know, what first attracted them to lawn care? Obviously, for you, it seems like you uh, fell into it um, by your story there. Um, but did you ever think, because uh, I would ask, like, you know, what made you want to start your own business and stuff? And again, it seems like it just kind of naturally uh, happened uh, for you. Was it ever um, something that you had thought of previously um, about, you know, starting a business rather than working for somebody? Was there sort of that entrepreneurial, um, you know, kind of background in your mind? Uh, or was it just something that just kind of fell in place? Um, to be honest, I, I think it's just something that uh, fell in place because all throughout while I was working, I never really had that idea like, hey, you know what? Uh, I got a couple yards in the neighborhood. Let me just do this instead of working for someone else. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I never, you know, I never really thought about why I was, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I've always like, you know, working in these type of jobs, I'll, I've, I've always had that, uh, that kind of want of saying, you know what, one day I want to do my own business, mm-hmm. but you know, my own lawn care business, but I never really like, you know, I actually sat down and planned it out and stuff. I oh. just kind of fell into it. Oh, okay. So what, um, you mentioned that you're, um, going to college and stuff. What are you, um, taking in college? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've gone back and forth. Uh, first, I started with uh, live entertainment technology, okay. like lights and sounds and audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of did that for a little while. Um, figured out, you know, I, I didn't really like it. And uh, it w- they weren't teaching us what they were saying that oh. they were going to teach us. Oh, okay. It was more like a theater thing. Yeah, yeah. So I transitioned from that and then went into welding and then... You know, did that for a little while and just kind of said, you know what, I'm not really liking this. You know, I, I just want something as a plan B. Yeah. And uh, so I left from that. And last semester I was in business. And, you know, I thought, it, you know, taking business was a good thing because it's going to help me out with my business. Yeah. You know, and just kind of teach me all that. But um, since I do want it as a plan B, you know, I don't see myself working in the office. Okay. So now I'm, uh, I'm probably just going to finish welding. Get, get that as a plan B. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a good one to fall back yeah, on a, if you ever needed to. Yeah. 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 It's a, you know, just a plan B. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, in your current business right now, do you have any employees, or are you a one man operation? Um, r- right now, I'm a one man operation. Uh, usually, I have a part time. I have a one part time guy that helps me out. Okay. But uh, right now, with uh, all the COVID stuff that's going on, I'd rather just stick to myself. Okay. Since I, I live with my grandparents and they're high risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely something yeah. to uh, take into consideration for sure. Um, I'm sort of yeah. in the same situation uh, with uh, my parents are elderly. I don't live with them, but um, they do rely on us for certain things. So we're having to visit and uh, occasionally to, you know, take them food or things like that. And um, that's always a, um, you know, something in the back of your head uh, of, uh, you know, going there and just dropping off stuff and not going into the house and things like that because you're just worried about those exposures, not knowing um, with that. So, yeah, definitely a, a very, um, you know. Yeah, it's, a, you know, something to think about because everything is so crazy right now and, you know, you don't want to chew more off, uh, bite more than you can chew, you know, right yeah, now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, this next um, question is one of my uh, most favorite questions, uh, and it's one um, that I love because when I ask people who run a business, um, I get you know um, different answers from each of those people. But when I ask people who don't run a business, who work regular jobs, the answers are usually the exact same for most of them. Uh, and that is, how would you... Uh, Eric, uh, define success. Um, I think success is, uh, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, you know, they measure it as money and, you know, that type of, of success. But I, I, you know, me personally, I don't, I don't go by money because, you know, money is just a number and, you, you know, the more you get, the more you want and, you know, you can never fulfill yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think personally, like if you look around the world, you see kids that, you know, in Africa and stuff that play outside and, you know, they're playing with pots and pans and stuff. But yeah, you yeah. see joy 
Mm-hmm. And um, you know, yeah. and then you go and look at some rich kids, uh, you know, some somebody's kids that they're rich and you know they're playing with you know really expensive stuff, and you know they get bored in an hour and then they're all miserable. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. Oh so, yeah, I don't think you know success is based on money. I think it's really just based off of are you content where you're at? Are you happy? You know, and you know, I think. It goes a lot of things go into that, you know, relationships, uh, what you do for a living, you know, are you happy where you're at? Do you regret things in life, you know, and just kind of go through the lines and, you know, try to fix those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that definitely uh, makes a, a ton of sense. I, I you know, um, looking back, I'm a little bit older uh, than you, and I have kids and stuff too, and I look at things like social media and stuff, and it's so. Uh, deceiving and so easy for younger uh, people to fall into the trap um, because, you know, all these uh, people online, they only show you the stuff they want to show you. They only show you the good stuff, Um, you know, uh, and you see, um, you know, it's just crazy. And then these younger kids try to live up to that expectation of, you know, having the latest, you know, iPhone every single year or, you know, whatever the latest gadget is or, or the fanciest shoes or all that sort of stuff. And it's, uh, it's all, um, hollow in terms of, uh, happiness, like you said, right. It's, um, it doesn't really mean anything. Um, so just in terms of, um, letting people understand, uh, the size, um, of, uh, properties you maintain uh, and what type of equipment uh, you use to maintain uh, maintain those properties. So a lot of people know, obviously, that I do a lot of very small yards, a lot of push mower type properties uh, in the city, lots of dense neighborhoods. Um, so what type of neighborhoods uh, and property sizes and stuff are you servicing and uh, what sizes of equipment uh, do you need uh, to service those properties? Um, yeah. Um, you know, I service... Uh where I'm where I'm located, it's uh it's mostly all suburban homes, and you got those occasional uh, really big property, bigger size properties of you know really nice houses and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a mixture of both. Uh, you know, uh, most of these houses here were built probably in the 1980s to the 90s, okay, thousand. So yeah. they're they're not your like postage stamp houses like the ones that are being built today yeah yeah you know they're, they're more like the the little bit like uh like three thousand square foot you know yeah yeah that type of stuff 15 you know two thousand three thousand square foot mm-hmm. so they're a little bit big uh uh you know uh a 32 inch uh machine will fit into almost every single gate i have around here okay uh, 36 would be okay, but I'd, I'd stick with the 32 because you will find some gates that are small. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, and then I also have a 42-inch uh, Toro zero turn. Okay. And I use that one for the bigger size properties and for the front size, for the front yard properties of mostly all my uh, clients. Okay. So that kind of gives you an idea, you know. They're, yeah. they're about, like, middle size, you know, not too small, not too big. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I have a just regular push mower, uh, Honda push mower, uh, Cup Cadet 33-inch machine. Okay. I have uh, two of those. Okay. Just walk behind. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like they're, uh, like you said, that uh, sort of middle-sized, uh, typical type suburban uh, type property. Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, so do you offer uh, any services that are uh, not lawn care uh, related uh, or landscaping related, like things like power washing or window cleaning, for example? Uh, yeah, I offer um, mostly what I do is maintenance. So, you know, just regular edge, trim, mow and blow and, you know, picking up leaves. Uh, usually our, uh, our, uh, our mowing season is about eight months out of the year. And uh, we got four months, which is November, December, January, February, where December, January, November, December, and January are our leaf falling seasons, and the leaves don't just fall at one time like they do up north. You know? Okay, yeah. Ours just kind of slowly fall all the way up until midway January. Up until right now is when they're 
when you see yards that, you know, don't have anything on them. Okay. And, you know, and then uh, our mowing season starts about mid-February, early March. Oh, wow. Uh, we get we get a lot of weeds, you know, start popping up in midway February is when, you know, you got to pull out the mower and, you know, start mowing and stuff. So our, our only downtime is really a, a month. Okay. So what I do is I just tell all my clients, hey, I, I come year-round, you know. There's times in the summer when I come that the grass needs to be mowed twice, so I don't charge extra, so I just make it up in the winter, you know, come yeah. year-round. Yeah. So I do that, and then uh, and then I keep all my mowers pretty much going year-round just to, you know, help with. That way I don't have to store them for a month, you know. It, makes, it doesn't make a lot of sense to store them for a month, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. So I just kind of keep them going. Yeah, some properties, you know, weeds are, are already popping out. Mm-hmm. So it might be early, early uh, spring this year. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It seems definitely um, and, uh, that. Uh, oh yeah. So I do offer. Um, so besides just the regular maintenance, I offer mulch. Um, I offer some trimming of small trees. Uh, we got a lot of great myrtles down here. Okay. Yeah. So but uh, I do a lot of trimming of that. Uh, I'm washing a little here, a little there, not a whole lot, and uh, I try to offer these extra services. Uh, in about that that slow season of January and February, mm-hmm. that that way I get them out of the way, and then once mowing starts, you know it's nonstop pretty much. Okay, very cool. And uh, yeah, the, that, and then you know besides your other landscaping stuff, you know, like a little bit of rocks here and there, a little bit of planting and stuff like that. Oh, so you do. There's quite a bit uh, of uh, spread of different um, services yeah, that you offer. I like- yeah, I like to keep it uh, green industry related, you know, just green industry. Yeah. I try not to swerve so much of, and into like, you know, home improvements and window cleaning and stuff like that. Okay. Just because, you know, I just want to keep it related to, you know, what I kind of know. Yeah, yeah. And I also do, uh, I don't do a whole lot of it yet, but I plan on getting certified from, uh, for my applicator. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so I plan on doing that. I've been doing a little bit of, you know, fertilizing, a little bit of spraying. Nothing big yet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just here and there sort of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds uh, like you've got a a good uh, set of services, a good base uh, to build your business off of and to keep you uh, busy. It must be nice to have that um, sort of, you know, year-round being able to to work with very, very little downtime uh, as opposed to, you know, where I'm at. Uh, The leaves all fall at once, basically. Uh, And then, uh, you know, once that's done in you know, end of October, November, then I'm pretty much shut down. We don't really get um, snow here very often, uh, maybe one or a couple times a year. That's it. Uh, so there's not really that snow uh, clearing part of it either. Uh, so I'm basically shut down from November, uh, partway through November, December, January, February, until at least mid-March. Um, so, yeah, quite a bit uh, different there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so- I mean, you know, the like stuff is uh like you know pretty dormant and stuff and uh you know it doesn't seem like a lot you know but it, you can spread it out and you have to find the right clients too you know I, I have to let people go because they're like no we don't want year round you know we only want you to come to mow and stuff like that yeah so, I just, sorry I just want to throw that out there yeah yeah no problem sounds cool so I'm just gonna take a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsor and then uh, we'll get back right into it right after this so stay tuned. At Xmark, we've poured decades of leading-edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our Laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero-turn rider more landscape pros trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an Xmark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now. Okay, so my next question is probably the one that uh, gives people the most um, sort of pause for thought, um, and that is uh, share with us a time you struggled in your business and uh, what you learned or did to overcome it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, you know, struggles in business uh, come hand in hand, you know, they're never going to stop, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think but but yeah, at the beginning it's always the hardest. You know, that's when you when you do a lot of trial and error, and you gotta you know figure out what you want to do, how you want to do it. You know, and 
you start kind of getting getting your hands into it and seeing, you know. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, are you asking like a particular instance, like just one thing? Yeah, or you know, however you want to answer it. Um, you know, just uh, okay. You know. uh, I think um, having to deal with uh, you know customers that uh, are really picky or, or that uh, you know don't want to pay you money mm-hmm. and learning how to say no, I guess, would be a big one. Okay, learning how to say no, you mm-hmm. know, learning how to walk away from uh, you know clients that try to you know, nickel and dime you and, you know, they try to, you know, squeeze you and, yeah, yeah. you know, try to get you to do extra things. Yeah, I think that's, a, you know, one of the biggest things that I would probably, you know, say is a struggle, was a struggle, you know, not so much anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it something that you yeah. um, had to or encountered uh, a lot early on? I, I'm imagining probably because um, just thinking uh, even, you know, my own experience when you're starting a business and you're kind of green into it. And it's almost like, um, you know, sharks smelling blood in the water that they know, uh, that you're, you're new or green uh, as a business owner. And they try to, you know, take advantage uh, of this situation. Uh, is that something that you kind of experienced early on? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think age plays a role in it too. Uh, you know, they see me as a younger guy and, you know, they know I don't know a whole lot about, you know, business or life, you know, and they they just kind of try to nickel and dime you, you know, and, you know, you, you tell them your price, you know, like, they're like, oh, well, I can do this, or you know what, don't come this week or something, you know. Yeah, It's yeah. always something. Uh, you know, the best thing uh, you can do, in my experience, is just explain to the client, you know, like, this is why we do this. Uh, stand your ground and just tell them, look, this is my, my boundaries, my guidelines, you know. Uh, this is why I do this, you know, explain to them, you know, why you have to come every week, you know, if not the grass grows too much and then, you know, some more work or, yeah. you know, no, I can't lower my price because, you know, I, I have to make profit off of this, you know, I can't be losing money off of this. Yeah. And uh, I also think, uh, you know, no matter what your age is or how green are you and stuff, uh, it all depends on you and what you want to take, you know? Yes. Uh, you can be like the newest guy and not know anything, but if you stay on your ground, and you tell them, look, this is this is why we're doing it this way, and I can't say, you know, I I, I can't I can't just uh, go with what you're trying to tell me. You know, you got to stand your ground and just let them know. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm, uh, you know, a firm believer of that, a hundred percent. You know, everybody, especially in this industry. It can vary so much. Like I said, there can be kids after school mowing lawns using, you know, the homeowner's equipment. Um, there can, you know, all the way to huge businesses that have multiple crews and trailers and, you know, be dominating an entire city or something like that. And, you know, the difference is partly is, uh, you know, mindset in, you know, understanding, obviously learning uh, about your business and what it takes to be profitable and, and, you know, making it worth it. But your business can be set up in, you know, a lawn care business can be set up like any other business. Um, You know, you wouldn't expect somebody to go to McDonald's and order a steak. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's not what they offer. You don't go to McDonald's to get a steak, right? So you can, in your lawn care business, define your terms of service. This is what we offer. It's, you know, and in my case, it's a weekly service, right? If you don't want weekly mowing, then we don't offer anything else. I don't do two-week mowing. I don't do once a month. I don't do every 10 days. It's every seven days for every client, Um, you know. I, my terms of service are you pay with credit card on file. I don't even start working for you unless you give me your credit card number. There's no pay by check. There's no pay by cash. It's pay by credit card. And I'm the one that bills it each and every month. Those are the terms. If you don't like it, I'm sure there's a hundred, you know, different businesses in my city that you can choose from that will, you know, uh, have terms or things that you want. But if you want, my business, just like if you go to McDonald's and you want a steak, you're not going to get it, right? So it's one of those uh, things. Unless there's specific 
legislation or you know rules in your city about terms of payment that businesses you know you have to take check or you have to take cash or things like that um, or you know you have to uh, offer you know frequency of your mowing more than you know or less than once a week or whatever which I highly doubt um, you know there's no um, nothing preventing you from setting up your business the way that you want and like you said sticking to your uh, guns basically um, and and being able to say no and walk away if uh, that customer is not uh, you know a right the right fit uh, we should say <laughs> for your yeah. business so oh yeah uh, yeah I, I definitely um, you know one thing uh, that business owners forget is that it's our business and we get to make the decisions of what we want to do you know yeah so so many oftentimes you know uh they you know there's people that they you know kind of let the homeowner dictate what what's gonna happen, how much is it gonna cost, and all of that you know, yeah, and we gotta remember that this is you know this is our business, and we're in charge of what we wanna do, you know, yeah, 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 because ultimately the thing too is because of that scope of people that just start out the business, it doesn't matter you know, the, the price in, in the respect of like, if the, the customer, as you said, is trying to nickel and dime you or something like that, it doesn't matter how low you go. There's always going to be somebody else that can do it cheaper. So you're always, you're putting yourself in that, um, you know, that category. And, you know, if you give a customer a price and then they negotiate that price lower then you're setting yourself up in the future that whenever that customer asks you for a price, they know that the price you're telling them is not the real price that they're able to get you to come down. Uh, and you just, you don't want to run a business like that. It's no fun. Uh, and you know, you start to, uh, really, uh, not enjoy yourself, uh, when you do that. So yeah, I think that's a, a great, uh, a great answer there. Uh, about uh, you know being yeah. able to learning to say no, it's a huge one yeah. for people. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with what you just said. You know uh, that if, you know if you give people an inch, they'll come back for a foot. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it's always you know it's always that that cat and mouse game with that one person. You know, then if you let them slide one time, they'll slide a million times. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, you know, uh, you know starting off it's you know, it's really hard sometimes because, you know, you're starting off and you need work and, you know, you're all stressed out and stuff. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's a scaling process, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, I definitely, I don't think people should, you know, go to the very lowest and say, okay, I'll just charge whatever you want or, you know, uh, you know, or let people take advantage of, you you know, once they're starting off, you know, I don't think it should be like that, but, you know, I think, you know, the best thing someone can do probably starting off is figure out their market price and, you know, uh, try to charge that maybe a little bit lower, you know, mm-hmm. to be a little competitive since, you know, they're starting off. Uh, but, you know, make sure that they don't scoop all the way to the low thing because at the end of the day, you know, you might have a thousand homes, but, you know, they're not paying you much, so it's not really worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, you know, the thing, too, is that... We all do it. You have to go through that process. You have to learn, right? I remember, you know, a lawn I did early on uh, when I first started in business and I went there and it was quite overgrown and I had to bag all the clippings and it was probably, I don't know, like a foot and a half tall or something like that. And it was a big property and it took me, uh, you know, I'd say this is like, Oh, 12 years ago or so. So I can't, I can't exactly remember how long it took me, but it took me a long time. And I had a small, uh, like 34 inch gravely zero turn at the time with a bagger kit on it. So, you know, I started to mow and because it was thick and long, it, you know, it was kept clogging, uh, the, sh- the sh- discharge shoot the, that goes into the clipping. So it was taking extra long to do this lawn. Uh, and like I say, it was a big lawn. So I finished it after like a couple hours or whatever. And, you know, went to go get paid. And then they said, it's not short enough. And I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I just literally took off probably 14 inches of grass. 
And, you know, the, the grass is maybe, you know, three inches tall now. It looks super nice and, and clean. And, and it was not the flattest lawn and stuff. So I was like, like, if I go any lower, you're going to get scalps, you're going to get things. And they just refused. And I, and I, in my head, kept thinking, why didn't you tell me this, like, 20 minutes in or even an hour into the job? I've been here for a couple hours. Like you could have come out and said, you know, you, you, you waited for me to finish the entire thing to come out and tell me that it's not short enough for you. And, yeah. you know, they refused to pay me until I, so I had to go and I had the equipment loaded up and all that stuff. I had to unload everything, go and mow it again, shorter. But I was like, you know, of course, uh, ticked off at the at the time, so I just dropped the deck down and I was scalping stuff all over the place. And I was like, "Like your lawn is not flat. I can't go lower than this." And it was bouncing around, and it looked ridiculous. After it looked so nice when I was finished the first time, they paid me yeah. and stuff uh, at the end. But it was just like it wasted like so much time having to redo the whole lawn again. Um, but it's one of those things like you you have that. Um, you know, naivety of uh, people just knowing that you're new and they take advantage of the situation and stuff like that. And, and now it's like, there's no questions about stuff like that. It's like you're, you're, you don't tell me how high or how short you want your lawn. I do it to the specs that I want to do it. And you know, that's how it is after that. Uh, there's no um, switching from that. So yeah, it's a, a great discussion around uh, that because so many people are new um, that listen to the podcast and, you know, they're trying to think about starting a business and all that sort of stuff. So getting, you know, um, this type of discussion of hearing these types of things uh, because they are, will inevitably encounter these types of situations. Um, so what is your... Now that you've been, you know, doing your business and you kind of fell into it, um, what is your favorite thing about being self-employed? Um, I think, uh, honestly, it's probably just, uh, you know, having the control over, it, over your own life, basically, you know, yep. like being able to say, if I don't want to work today, you know, I can move some things around. Like, if I need to stay off, you know, I can move some things around, you know, and, you know, also, um, a big one would be not having to compete with other people. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, the work, you know, the workforce is so saturated, you know, right now that, you know, everybody's competing, you know, to take your spot, you know, no matter what industry you're working really, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was just talking to this, uh, about this with my grandma yesterday, you know, saying that, uh, she, she, you know, she got home from work and she works at a hotel and, uh, she was just saying how, uh, you know, there's so much competition there. You know, everybody's looking to, you know, screw you over, you know, like, you know, like, you know, they want to be the best, uh, the best, you know, and, you know, you got that workplace, you know, competition kind of, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, who has more hours and all that. And then, <clears throat> you know, people, you know, your management might not be uh, fair towards you, you know, and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's the big thing, you know, just not having to deal with all that, you know, oh, drama, like work, the, workplace drama. And stuff, yeah. You know? The office politics, I call it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's one of the reasons it's why nice. I, I went on my own eventually it was just, it didn't matter, you know, what job I had. I had so many more, more jobs than I could list here in an hour podcast, uh, you know, from the time I was 11 uh, to now, uh, you know, always having a job. And, um, that's what I encountered every time I worked for somebody else. That's what I encountered was those, the, the drama, the politics in the office, the, you know, seniority, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it, yeah. and it didn't seem to matter how hard you worked. Um, it, you know, it seemed to matter more is how much um, butt you could kiss in terms of management and stuff like yeah. that to get ahead, right? Um, and that just, yeah. um, you know, drove me uh, crazy uh, and just uh, the games and stuff that were played and things like that. And, um, yeah, so I definitely uh, hear you on that um, uh, in terms of being yeah, self-employed, you, know, you leave all that behind. Yeah, I think, um, you know, 
I think it's in every single type of industry, like, you know, like even the lowest of the low and the highest of the high, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to find that. And it's pretty sad, you know, because like everybody's just trying to feed their family and, you know, you got people in there trying to kiss, you know, kiss butt and, you know, and, you know, just trying to be nasty with other people and, you know, trying to get people fired and stuff. And Yeah. So, you know, you know, just working by yourself and your own business, it's, it's it's a lot more less stress when it comes to that, you know. You don't yeah. have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's its and, own. You know, you got control. Yes. Yeah, you got so much control. You know, if someone if a client's giving you a hard time, you know, you can let them go and find someone, you know, better. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's it's again, it's one of those things. Um, you know, I've had uh, you know that conversation um, with clients. Uh, before who um you know they've uh accused me of certain things that are r- ridiculous um, i remember this one client um you know here in the pacific northwest it rains a lot and um you know this person um uh, had their house set up um their husband in the past um you know is no longer living but in the past he he put some drainage in their yard and put it into such a way that it came out right where the gate was to get to the backyard. So there was no option to um, go into the backyard without getting past this point. So even on a uh, sunny day where it's not raining and stuff, um, that area would still be saturated because all this drainage from the whole yard, all this extra drainage he put in all came out to that point. Um, And I remember the customer coming out one day and, um, you know, she had, she actually had another person there with her and she started going off on me that, uh, the lawnmower was, you know, leaving marks on the lawn there and stuff like that. And I was like, I can't control that. You've got your drainage all coming out right here. I can't go around it. There's not a bridge to go over. There's not a, another alternative way to get to your, uh, backyard. And, you know, the person that was there with her was saying, you know, it's not his fault. Like there's not really anything he can do here and i was like i can't skip your lawn because it's soggy because it's always soggy in this spot because of the way uh, the poor drainage is uh, set up and stuff and um i finally said to her you know what there's a easy solution to this i don't have to come back next week i said you can feel free to find somebody else to come and do it and that was six or seven years ago and i still mow her lawn every week so So it's one of those things, right? Like just stick to your thing. It's like, you know, you're going to get those types of uh, situations, but because you are the owner, you're in control. So um, it's one of those things, right? Uh, All leads back uh, to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it really all leads back to you and what you want to take, you know, and if you like, if you take so much, you know, eventually you're going to, you know, break down. So, yeah. You got to be mindful of, you know, just putting your foot down and, you know, setting some healthy guidelines and, you know, just saying, you know, we can't do this because this is what, this is what our business is set up to do and it doesn't fit that, you know, and if we can't come to an agreement, I have to walk away. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So um, in what ways do you market your business and maybe share uh, your number one marketing tip? Okay. Um, yeah, definitely marketing. I started off, you know, pretty pretty remedial, just passing out cards door to door. To be honest, that's what I've had the best luck with. Um, we're moving into, you know, the digital era where you got to have a good web page and and Facebook page, you know, yeah. you know, social media and stuff. That's definitely important because you know you want people to know who you are, what do you do, what's your story. You know how the how does your work look? Because that'll convince a lot of people. Yes, uh, I think uh, word of mouth is probably still the best. I think you know, uh, you know, because if someone's looking for a service and you know they trust the person who tells them, "Hey, this guy is good," then you know you probably you pretty much got it got it in the bag. You know, you probably got an eighty percent chance of winning that. Yeah, definitely. So, Very cool. That's yeah, awesome. Uh, a lot of door to door, and uh, really. You know, I started about three years ago, and door to door is what I started with. And right now, uh, I haven't done a lot of marketing just because I found out the number of houses that I want to keep while I'm in school. You know, so yes. I don't overload myself. Yeah. 
And uh, so I just kept it at that. And, you know, if, uh, uh, you know, I kind of just picked the best of the best and, you know, the people who I trust the most to work with and, you know, the people that always pay on time, don't complain, uh, don't tell me, hey, don't come this week or, hey, the grass isn't growing or something yeah, yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, all those. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you want to keep those. Yeah, security. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, but eventually, you know, I do want to, you know, go towards the digital, a lot of the digital and the, a lot more door to door and word of mouth and referrals and, you know, giving people gift cards for referring and all that okay. stuff. Very cool. Awesome. So, uh, I'm just going to take another quick break and then uh, we'll get back right into it right after this. Hey, Lawn Care Nation. Want to kickstart your lawn care business in the right direction? Introducing the Lawn Care Business Success Academy and the How to Price Lawns Profitably course. Save yourself the time and headaches of trying to figure out how to price lawn mowing jobs properly on your own. Learn about knowing your numbers and how to set a profitable hourly rate in five steps. Discover the five things to consider before quoting a lawn. What to look for when you're out in the field how to spot red flags, and what questions to ask prospective clients. Then learn how to put it all together and the best way to present a quote. So if you're ready to get your business on the road to profitability, then head over to LawnCareBusinessSuccessAcademy.com. Okay, so uh, what are your uh, future plans or goals for your business? Um, yeah, um, for my business, uh, I want to finish school. Uh, get that out of the way, then kind of proceed to expand a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I think it's really important for everybody to have a to have a really good goal and you know, kind of set what 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 is it that you want to do. That way, you know where to sell the ship. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because a lot a lot of us, I guess, you know, get real busy into the business and working in the business that we can't work on the business, you know, and look at it from a different angle and say, well, where, where are our numbers, you know, where are we going, you know? So, uh, for me, uh, once, you know, uh, probably get a part-time guy and then get another part-time guy, then, then ask one of those two if they want to be a full-time person. And then, you know, just keep a couple part-time guys, uh, in my circle and, you know, kind of build off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be something really big. I, I just want to dominate my area and uh, be that be that strong presence in my area. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Sounds like a... Yeah, you know, some, some people, you know, they think, you know, the only way to be successful is if you have 20 trucks and all that, you know. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but uh, I mean, for me, you know, it's like more money and more problems. So it's, it's better just to be profitable and, uh, you know, kind of look at the the number that you want to keep and to be profitable, but at the same time, don't have a hundred, you know, things going on at the same time, you know? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, sounds like you've got a, a good plan there uh, for, uh, you know, what works for you. And that's what uh, people have to understand is, um, you know, you have to look at what works for you. Like I've said a million times, um, you know, everybody's business is going to be different. Everybody's um you know, uh, you get this all the time, like I'll, you know, uh, Instagram or something like that. I might post a picture of a piece of equipment or something like that. And then, you, you know, you get the comments of people saying, well, I use a this or it's this or that. And, you know, and, and I always respond, you know, what? you got to use what is, you know, works for you and your business, right? Everybody's different. So, oh, yeah. you know, it is, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, there's nothing wrong with any of it. However you want to grow it, how small, if you want to keep it small or grow it or whatever, just what is it? Everybody's different. Everybody wants different things or what they see out of their business. So, um, yeah, that sounds awesome uh, that you've got that uh, figured out. Uh, this next question uh, is kind of a fun one, and that is, um, can you share the weirdest thing that you've seen or has happened to you uh, during uh, business? Um. Is there any fun stories that stick out of just weird customer interactions or just weird things you've you know seen um, in neighborhoods while you're working? Uh, or uh, I'm trying to think. I, uh, I think for the most part, you know, it's just regular, you know, stuff. Uh, I, I don't think I've had anything really big happen, you know, like with clients or anything. Uh, 
Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think, you know, anything. Nothing stands out. Right? Like, you know, just a bunch, a bunch of like, you know, dogs trying to attack you. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I, oh, this happened to me recently, uh, probably two weeks ago. Okay. I had my truck broken into while I was in front, while I was working. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a it was a really you know nice neighborhood. Uh, you know, I was, was uh, working at a seven hundred thousand dollar home, so it's you know pretty nice houses. Yeah, and I was parked uh, on the side of the road, and then where I usually park, I've been doing this house for like three years, and I was in the back of the house finishing up. I was carrying things back, and I noticed that there was a truck right next to mine, and I, I thought it was kind of weird, you know, but I didn't think anything of it. And then I, I started loading all my stuff up. And as soon as I was going to open the door, you know, everything was ransacked. And then my wallet was missing. So they took off with that. Oh, no. Yeah. So they pulled up right beside the <laughs> yeah, car and, and just, like, opened your, your yeah. driver, driver's door? Yeah, they, they pulled, uh, luckily, it was my passenger door. Oh, okay. And then they punched the hole through the key lock thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they opened it up that way. Oh, and, wow. Uh, my wallet was in plain view. Oh, okay. So they. Yeah. So that that's one tip for you know everybody don't leave anything of value you know looking through the window because you know you might have it broken into. Yeah, yeah. Even in the nice neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so brazen, eh? In the middle of the day to just pull up and do that. Yeah, middle of the day, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. With, I mean, with you working I, uh, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While I was working, I was in the backyard and. Uh, I mean, I, I, luckily I was able to catch them, you know, like look at the car, but I didn't get a license plate or anything. Yeah, they yeah. took off when they saw me. But, uh, yeah, I, made, I had to make a police report, you know, because my license was stolen. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, credit cards. You know, if I had to cancel all that and do all that. But, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Definitely uh, not what you expect at the end of the day. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and especially, like I say, in a neighborhood that's, you know, a nice neighborhood with, uh, nicer homes and oh, stuff yeah. like that. You wouldn't expect that in the middle of the day happening. Yeah. Um, what is one hidden pitfall with running a lawn care business that you see prevents other people from succeeding? So this is something that you may be, you know, just in the course of your daily work or something like that you, you know we all see a million different lawn care businesses out there or things like that and um you know what's something that you see other people other businesses doing that you know is like hey that's a mistake you shouldn't be doing that um you know you could have a better uh, response or better whatever if they did this differently or whatever like that is there anything that you yeah um yeah i think the most important thing is uh, integrity you know having good integrity um i think a lot of homeowners are worried that, you know, the reason they try to go cheap sometimes, I think, is because they're worried that people are trying to screw them over, you know, with the price. Okay, yeah. Um, if they notice, you know, that you got integrity and that you do things to the best of your abilities and you, you don't try to cut corners and stuff like that, uh, that gives you a lot of uh, a lot of motive to charge more and a lot of motive to, to be respected in the community, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've seen, uh, recently I saw, uh, what's it called, uh, that, uh, the spraying and fertilizing company, the really big one. Okay. I can't believe I forgot the name. Don't, you, uh, you don't have to tell their, you don't have to say their name, just. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, but I've, I mean, everybody's seen them, you know. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, I saw them drive past and, uh, my, one of my clients actually used to have them, but they're switching over to me now to take care of the fertilizing. Yeah. And. I saw them driving past the neighborhood, and they're supposed to be putting out winterizing. You know, this was like in October, November for us. Yeah. And they're supposed to be doing winterizing. And I, I see them driving around, and they're doing uh, weed and feed from the same place where I buy all my stuff. Yeah. And the guy there has, you know, specifically told me, you know, this, you can't, you shouldn't be using that because, you know, you need the grass to be to be ready for winter. So you use the winterizing. So yeah. that's kind of, even the big companies, the small companies, you know. Uh, you know, so that's something I see as a pitfall for people is not being honest with people, you know, not, yeah, being, yeah. not having integrity. Yeah. Because probably what happened to them is, you know, they, they bought so much in the spring that they had leftovers mm-hmm. and they're trying to get rid of it. So they're using it year round instead of using the right type of fertilizer. Yeah, know? yeah. 
the other thing I find then, with those types of, sorry to interrupt the other thing I find with those types of companies because no, you said you said that it kind of reminded me of the big sort of you know fertilizing spray companies and I'm not going to say their names but um, same thing where I, like I saw one doing um, a spray once and it was in the middle of a huge downstorm like it was raining so heavy and the guys out there putting spraying a lawn and it was like you know you're not doing anything it's just washing off the lawn and running down the street like it makes yeah. absolutely no sense and the the fact that he's doing it on a busy street with all this traffic going by is like that doesn't do anything to help your business it doesn't take a rocket scientist uh, or uh, you know a turf care specialist every one of these people driving by knows that you're not doing anything that, you know, that's just taking yeah. advantage of that customer. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of similar experiences with customers telling me the same thing when they hire companies that just do that stuff. Uh, and uh, my logic to it is that those companies that just do spraying, they just do fertilizing and stuff like that, they do it because it's the highest profit uh, for the, you know, smallest amount of labor required versus you know, mowing a lawn and stuff like that. But the problem is, is that, and this is what, you know, I, I kind of use this as my sales pitch for customers too. Um, uh, I'll tell them because I, I won't work for a customer who has one of those companies. Um, I will work for them one year, the first year, if they've already hired that company and they're like in a contract. But after that, I expect them to switch to me to do that stuff. Um and there's no exceptions with that. Like, I'm not going to work with a, a client who has them as a, like a thing. But I say to them, like one of my sales pages is saying, you know, that's all they do. There's certain times of the year that you do certain things like you're talking about. And what happens uh, to companies like that that don't mow lawns is what happens in, in between those times of year. Once you spray, you know, your customers and, you know, you, you know you're doing that time of year, you you don't have any lawn mowing to do. You don't have any of that other stuff to do to fill in those spaces in between fertilizing and all that sort of stuff. So these companies literally load up on thousands of customers because that's all they do and those jobs don't take very long. Inevitably, customers are going to get stuff done at the wrong time of year because that's what happens. And I, you know, I have a customer who was a prime example. He had one of those companies. They were supposed to do the moss control here, which is big here, doing moss control um, in the spring, and they didn't do it. Instead, they did it in the summer, um, which is like well past when you would do it. And the problem with it is when you put moss control down is that it kills the moss. It turns the moss completely black. So you have these patches. And because we have so much rain here, moss is a huge problem in lawn. So there's lots of moss everywhere. The issue was is that because they did it in the summer, they literally did it about two days before the client's daughter was getting married. And they had a whole bunch of family coming in and were having a big barbecue um, for all of the out-of-town guests coming for the wedding. And now their lawn had black blotches all over it. And it was just like, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, they've done this and, um, you know, completely ruined... Uh, the lawn in terms of, you know, having photos and stuff done uh, where, you know, normally you'd have, uh, uh, you know, the bride go out into the garden with the parents and do photos and stuff. And it's like they couldn't do that now because of uh, the mess that was uh, done because it was done at the wrong time of the year by one of those companies. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, just, that's definitely a good example. Of, and that's kind of what I want to incorporate into my businesses. I want to be that that small time a uh, small company feel you know like we care about your yard and we care about you yeah and we're not gonna cut corners but at the same time you know be that professional have the same type of professionalism as big guys but take the care and the and you know and the and the details of the small companies you know? yeah 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 no i, I think that's incorporate yeah thing. i think that's a great way to do it uh, uh you know that's uh, uh yeah, and also like uh, building, uh, building a more need for yourself, a more uh, making yourself more special by, by uh, providing more, more of those services that your client needs will give you an upper hand as as to them not switching over to somebody else that doesn't provide that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you provide you provide that 
add more value to yourself. Yeah. No, that's an awesome plan. That's oh, uh, yeah. something I talk about all the time. So uh, what is your biggest frustration about running a lawn care business? Um, biggest frustration would be, uh, you know, it's, it, it's hard work. You know, a lot of people don't realize that I guess starting off, you know, it's hard work and, you know, either if you're not in the field, you know, your guys are all, you know, if you're, if you got guys, you know, you got to take care of them because it's really hard work. You know, you're out there in the element, uh, you know, you gotta have a lot of water, a lot of stuff, uh, so probably you know just the the hard work hard work aspect of it you know okay yep yeah I mean I, I like the work you know you know you gotta like the being outside you know and being sweaty and you yeah. know don't have a problem with that yeah you yeah. know but it, I think it is something that a lot of the new people don't think about you know mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah because you know you can yeah you know you mow your your own lawn and you know you're happy you know it looks good. You take a little water break, you know, and all that. But when you got, you know, 10 yards, you have to do it the same day, and then the sun's beating on you, and then, you know, something breaks down, and then you got to fix it, and, you know, it's 100 degrees outside, you know, yeah. that, you know, you, yeah. you got to put that in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a completely different ball game than just bowling your own lawn. Um yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things you have to prepare yourself. To, I tell the story all the time about how when I was thinking about starting a lawn care business, I started mowing my own, um, lawn, uh, out in the rain. Uh, and the neighbors would look at oh, me wow. like, you're crazy. Like, why would you mow your lawn in the rain? It was like a perfectly sunny day yesterday. And I did it on purpose. I would wait for rainy days to mow my lawn because I thought, you know what? Here in the Pacific Northwest, we get rain like 80% of the year. So there's no skipping rain days or postponing it. You have to work in the rain. Every company I would see was working in the rain. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to be able to be cold and wet and dealing with clogged decks and all that sort of stuff. So let me try it on my own lawn first and see if this is something I'm going to be able to handle because I'm not going to be able to avoid it in business. Um, so it's, you know, yeah. kind of, uh, you know, training yourself uh, for that sort of stuff. Um, oh, yeah. What is one resource that you use the most in building your lawn care business? Is there a thing like, um, I don't know, maybe like a business site online that you read or a blog or YouTube channels or um, whatever the case may be, uh, books? Um, is there stuff that you lean on or go back to? Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me would be podcasts. I, was, I love listening to podcasts. You know, okay. For us, that we work outside and, you know, we're always on mowers, blowers, and trimmers and all that. I think, you know, we're always listening to music or something, so it, it works perfectly for us, you know, to put a good podcast in and, you know, fill your mind and, and have entertainment at the same time. Yeah, it's a perfect fit for for what we do. Um, That's why I've loved podcasts for so many years and listened to them for so many years. Um, I still listen to uh, the very first podcast I ever found, a tech podcast um, about Mac computers um, that I love. It's called Mac Break Weekly. I've been listening to it for, geez, it's got to be at least the 15 years um, that I've been in business. I listen to it every Tuesday. Um, So it's amazing. Um, Perfect fit and business podcast. And now this year, there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, uh, podcasts that have uh, come on board in terms of uh, lawn care and uh, the green industry and all that sort of stuff. Uh, There's so many perspectives and, uh, you know, voices that you can hear uh, to help you uh, with your business. So, uh, yeah. And then, Obviously, other generic business podcasts and stuff as well. Marketing, it's it's crazy. You know, it's turning into those things like whatever you know subject or uh, thing you want to you know learn about or hear about. There's probably a podcast for it now. Uh, so yeah, it's very very oh, cool. Yeah, um, yeah I I kind of you know started my own podcast, but it's not anything big or anything like that. You know, but yeah, yeah just to kind of spread you know just to get my mind and you know just kind of speak it and. You know, see what other people think and stuff. So. That's awesome. What's it called? Uh, Mowing Live Podcast. Oh, awesome. So people uh, yeah. look out for that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not anything like yours, you know, but, you know, it's just a small thing, you know, but, 
Hey, everything is, um, like I said, it's, it's like a, a mowing business, right? You can, uh, podcasts, you can, and YouTube channels and all that sort of stuff. You can make it, you know, uh, whatever you want out of it. Uh, you want to do it daily, you want to do it weekly, you want to do it once a month. It's totally up to you. Um, you know, there's no, no real yeah. rules, uh, in that. And, um, yeah, the, the cool thing is that, uh, you have that platform, uh, that, you know, pretty much anybody can do you know, that sort of thing, get their voice out there, get their perspective out there. Um, yeah, really cool. Um, oh, yeah. so this, uh, next, uh, question is, uh, one of my all time favorites. We're down to the last two uh, questions. Uh, and that is share your best piece of advice with those just starting out in the business. So I want you to come at this from the point of view of this is somebody that, you know, somebody that you, uh, like, um, and you know, they're coming up to you and they're saying, uh, Eric, I'm thinking about starting a lawn care business. You know, what's your best piece of advice for me? Um, best piece of advice, honestly, uh, is to have a game plan, uh, kind of figure out what do you want to do with it? Why do you want to do it? Where do you want to be? Uh, you know, set, set a good plan out, you know, and say, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to take these steps and, uh, set little goals, you know, like little weekly goals, uh, well, uh, you know, setting like a, like a daily goal of how much you want to make and, you know, how many yards you need to fill that. So kind of just, uh, being like a very good structured business, you know? Yep. Uh, setting those weekly goals and saying, okay, did we hit our goal this week of this, this much money? Uh, what can I do better this week? You know, did we have any, anything that held us up, you know, any machines break down, uh, you know, also, uh, being prepared for the future, uh, you know, don't wait to the last minute to, to get something done that you're going to need for tomorrow, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know, very simple little things, you know, if you need to pump gas and, you know, stop on the way home, don't stop in the morning when, you, you know, you're five, ten minutes late, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, those little things are very important, you know. And, you know, what we, we uh, when, if you don't hit your goal, you know, uh, don't get upset to, you know, keep trying and, and keep working towards the goals, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important thing is, you know, to realize that even if you don't reach those goals, you're still headed in that same direction. So, you know, yeah. that, that's the most important thing. Setting those goals is going to get you on that right path uh, to start with versus, you know, not setting any goals and just kind of, uh, you know, going at it day by day, not, you know, with no real um, sort of... Uh, uh, you know, end point uh, in mind. Uh, and not that it's an end point because for every goal you set, once you get there, you know, it's going to basically shatter, you know, expectations and you'll see that, you know, there's actually goals that you can set even higher from there. And, you know, it, it keeps going and you keep growing and stuff. And, um, you know, it's uh, all part of uh, life. So, um, yeah, that's great uh, advice. So, oh, yeah. My uh, last question for you is a, a simple one, and that is uh, how can people follow you online? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, mowing, mowing Life uh, without a space on it on Instagram. Okay. And Mowing Life Podcast on Spotify. Okay. Uh, eventually, I'll probably transition it to like, Apple and yep. all that, you know? But right now, I'm just, you know, starting off, so I'm keeping it very simple. Okay. Very and, cool. uh yeah, one thing I want to say about the last question you asked me was, uh, you know, like, like for example, like when people make a New Year's resolution, you know, usually they make, you know, those things so hard and they don't break it into little bites, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's always good to, you know, break it into little bites. And then most people give up. I, I, there's a statistic that I can't remember, but most people, you know, give up within the month or two of, of it. Yep. So the thing is, is sometimes you have to think of something and then you have to rethink it on how to accomplish it, you know, you got to make a new game plan or, you know, you, you got to just stay, stay with it, you know, and if you can't jump, then, you know, I mean, if you can't run, then walk, you know, if you can't walk, then crawl. And if you can't crawl, then, then I forgot how it goes, but Martha Luther King said that. So Yeah. 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 No, very, very. But yeah, I think that's, you know, very important. Yeah. And uh, the other thing to remember when you're setting goals or, or things like that too, is don't put off those goals. Like you see, you know, the fitness one is a big one. People will say, you know, uh, you know, for January, uh, you know, everybody gets, you know, back, back into shape and all that sort of stuff. 
But if you're thinking about this in December, why are you putting it off? If you truly want to make a change in your life, whether it's starting a business or whatever the case may be, or starting to get fit or something like that, don't wait for some arbitrary day on a calendar that says, oh yeah, this is when you start because now it's New Year's. If you want to make a difference, start today. Start tomorrow. Like, don't wait a week or two weeks or three weeks because the calendar says that that's the day, you know, that everybody does it. You know, if you're truly willing to make that change in your life, then you do it now. And because every day that you do it is one day closer to achieving that goal. Um, so, yeah, just uh, I think that's a, a great uh, perspective that you brought up there. I don't say that, you know, write, write it down, uh, you know, and then just kind of take those little steps towards it. And, you know, if you write it down, you probably won't forget it. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So thank you very much, Eric, for uh, coming on to the show. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it as well. Thank you for everything that you've done for the community. And, you know, you were the first podcast. So Awesome. Thank you. That means uh, thank you. a lot. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, that uh, value-packed uh, interview episode with uh, Eric Regalado from uh, the Lawn Boys there in Woodlands, Texas. Uh, I'll leave links in the podcast show notes to uh, all of uh, uh, the ways that you can contact uh, Eric if you want to follow him online. Uh, be sure to check out uh, his uh, Mowing Life podcast as well uh, on Spotify. And uh, if you uh, like this uh, type of uh, podcast, these interviews, again, just a reminder to leave a review on iTunes. I would uh, really appreciate that. So uh, there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. Uh, here's to uh, wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now. <laughs>